Hello, Nick. Hello, John. So you seem a little sigh there, like you're, you're tired of our listener. I'm so sick of this. Singular. I hate everything about this. You do. I don't really. I quite enjoy doing mum doing. Forty. It's episode forty-seven. Seven. Probably. I think forty-seven. Uh, you can email podcast at rumdoings.com or do the hash pod, uh, the hash from doings tag. Go on, say it. At rumdoings. Say it. Hash from doings. I do anything. Yeah. Anyway, the topic today is Is the fluoridation of water merely a conspiracy by big fluoride to sell more of their product? I can't wait to see how I'm going to thin that one down to put it in the tweet. Fluoride, a conspiracy by Big Fluoride, question mark. See, I needed down to like two words, otherwise nothing fits. Fluoride conspiracy. There you go. There you go. Tweets. Talking of tweets. Tweets. Nick, before we start, I want you to tell me your thoughts and feelings about the events in the news of the last two weeks. Okay. What I think (laughs) is... Can you believe what's been happening? Not really. I think the the biggest surprise has been the the, the, um, the poor old death that everybody's talking about. Who would have thought? <laughs> I know that they would have. The, the, I wasn't seeing that. I didn't see that one coming. The, Two I don't weeks think, ago, it was Claire Rayner uh, stolen from uh, us. Yeah, well, yeah, about Claire Rayner. Okay, you'd have did it. I don't think they were on the death pool, though. Do you? No, no one had them on their death list. No. Okay, anyway, let's continue. Um, the reason we're saying that, by the way, we, we have to have disclosure, is that we are pre-recording this one. Because we've never done this before. No, because John... To full disclosure, yeah. we've never, ever pre-recorded the rum doing well, the reason, the reason, No, it's always been live before. Live, as we've established. The reason, uh, and John, for this one, did a special uh, Twitter edition of rum doing, That's right. Where he asked people to ask questions. And I think 11 people have... I think about like, 20-something we heard about. Uh, quite no, what's, in, what's interesting is we haven't really... Is this what's interesting? Yes, this is... This is, is this what's inept and lazy? No, I think it's ma- it's mainly interesting. Okay. We haven't actually read the... We've, we've tried not to read these questions. I think mm-hmm. you might have seen them I've by mistake. two of them. Yeah, but we, I certainly haven't. I haven't read these questions. I think, no, you, you, read, you read one to me and then we said stop. Yes. And that is, we are going to read these questions blind and we are going to try and answer them. Well, I'm them. going to read them... Sighted. Yeah. And then we're going to try and answer them blind. Try to answer them. Yes. We're going to try and answer them blind. No, uh, I, looked up, I looked up that usage and it, it, it's, it's old and venerable. But it makes no sense to try and. You say, I'm going to try mm-hmm. and then I'm going to do it. No, you're going to try to do it. That's what you, the thing you were trying to do. Two. It's obviously two. It doesn't matter. It co- oh, <laughs> Nick. Well, what is the preposition to doing there? Why is two? I'm not going to. To eat. I'm not going to. I'm not going to the eat station. Well, so why is to eat the way we make our prepositions? Why is to there? Why is to any more sensible? <laughs> hmm? Think about that. Of course it's to. Well, really? You, uh, so I'm saying I'm, I'm either including eat or I am in the direction of eat. I don't see I, why one is better. I find uh, that the listeners are really missing out on the head wobbling as you, as you express your so, view. So try... To eat is better than try and eat. Yes, it is, because trying and eating may sound like a list of things you're but going to do. But what about trying and... What about try? And then, and then you've got, got to go to eat... Oh, no, stop it. <laughs> Read the question. No, because we've got a drink to have first. OK. This is borrowed from my lovely housemate, Lisa. Not to say borrowed. I hope we won't be returning it. Stolen, yes. Um, well, with permission. I have, uh, that spoils the flavour. Donated. Stolen crisps always taste better than the ones out um, of your own packet. You should well know. Yes. Um... Uh, how do you pronounce that? Verdren. 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 But not Verdren, so don't get excited, Adam Huffman. It's Verdren. 
Creme de cassis. Oh, God, this is going to be sweet. I think this is a mixer. It is a mixer. It's meant to be mixed with lemonade and so on, but so I thought what? we should have it neat. No, I'll have it in my honeybush tea. No, it's cutting cold honeybush tea yeah. with a tea bag still and stewing all afternoon. Yeah, go on then. Why have you been sat around all afternoon, Nick Manu? This is the first podcast we've done this week. Because you've been telling me about your love life. Have give I? me, Give me your vedren. I think it's going to be horrible. You're also telling me how betrayed you feel by Kieran Gillen. Was I, was I telling you that? Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness, there was there was a painkiller in South Africa called Stopain, yeah. which is illegal in other countries. I don't know, it alarms me that it is, because um, I drank it, and this is, it smells just like that. Hmm. See, I, so I think this would go very nicely on ice cream, in pudding. Actually, uh, do you have cooties? Yes, I have cooties. You want to taste it inside the honeybush tea? Cold it, it, honeybush it, tea. It's not, it's not repulsive, it tastes like kind of iced tea. That's quite nice. It oh, quite the nice. flipping cats are outside as soon as we start. Why do you allow him bend. to kill him? Shall I? Yes. Shall I kill him live on the podcast? Yeah, go on. Go, on, go and kill Dexter. Okay, this is going to be it. We're Controversial. Gonna... So John's going to the window of the studio. Uh-huh. And um, the cat's looking concerned, as well he should. As well he should And John's be. taken out his cleaver, mm-hmm. which he carries about him at all times, as well as his ketchup, and put the cleaver down, and is squirting ketchup all over the... Uh, the cat. And now Star has to the cat with the ketchup bottle. Right. Okay. Can you throw the carcass out? Talk into the microphone now. Talk on demand. Speak. Well, how can he speak? You've cut him in three pieces. Speak, dead cat. Why aren't you talking anymore now you're dead? Take the cat away, or what remains of it. I'll just, I'll just pop it outside. Yeah. Or, as you should say, I'll just onomatopoeia it outside. <laughs> Shouldn't I? Yeah. Did you hear that onomatopoeia as it landed? <laughs> yes. Anyway, onomatopoeia. As we were saying, how is it? You're like, I'm going to taste it neat. Okay. I like drinking things like neat, like cordial. Uh, uh, yeah. Do you do that? Now ever? they have double strength cordial. It's even more exciting. Have you Have you done that? Ever? I've had a sip, of course. And it's exciting. Very sweet. Mm. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's really nice. Mm. Oh, coating the throat. Yeah, coating the everything. Oh, I can see. Right, would you like to um, read the first question, please? You should try it neat, it's really good. I'll try it later. The first question is, this is the one we know about already. Yeah. From... I don't think we care who it's from. Because I think it's, they it's, care. It's too difficult to read their silly handles. From Zibbited 732-A. I'm, I'm well, this is CS87. Oh, not much. It sounds like a, a make of... Um, of um, Condom. No, <laughs> it really doesn't sound like a make a condom. It's like I make a make a spermicide or yeah. some sort of Hoover or something. No, I think it's spermicide. CS eighty seven kills even the toughest sperms. He says, "What does a centaur do?" A what? A centaur, centaur, centaur. Centaur. So many different pronunciations yeah. of that. Describe do... a centaur for our, our less culturally, <laughs> our less appropriate uh, listener. Well, that would be a a horse with a, a horse, horse body. With the torso, torso of, of a, a human. Yeah. Um, so he's got arms in front of him. What does the centaur no, they do? They don't actually have arms. They've got four legs and no arms, I believe. No, of course does they the have arms. Have, I think it's just the torso comes no, off. No, it's the torso and shoulders. Of course, torso has arms. Don't, no, I think it just sort of no, rises out. Like I've it. seen enough Ray Harryhausen to know that they do. Mm. Is what does the centaur do with Ambiguous. its human arms when it's running? It's spelt with an apostrophe the first time, I'm afraid. Well, can we answer it then? I'm not sure if we can. Okay, let's not. Let's not answer because the no. grammar is wrong. We don't answer any questions with wrong grammar. Sorry, no. so resend it and then we may. Yeah, so we send it three weeks later. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Duncan27. I can pronounce that one. I have contempt for people who aren't sufficiently imaginative to choose a handle <laughs> that doesn't have numbers in it. So I'm almost minded not to answer Duncan27's question, but let's see. It might be We're going to run out of questions pretty soon. <laughs> this is like trying to go for a sandwich with Nick. The yeah. number of restaurants you're not allowed to go in because they've got mistakes outside. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, we haven't read it. From now on, we don't know what they're going to say. So yeah, I that might, is a genuine. So I you might say we, something yeah. awful. But okay, if, if it's rude, you can fudge it. I'll, try, I'll do my best. Mm. Are you going to do something special for your 50th episode? I hear that's what you're meant to do because 50, no apostrophes, a special number. By our rule, we shouldn't answer this question either. <laughs> Next. <we> <laughs> Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Flamberge, he says. He's not Flamberge 768, no. then. Good. Flamberg. Good, so far, so good. He's, he's gotten over the first barrier. I said the week they could ask us anything. He says, mm. Anything? Mm-hmm. Will you even answer those questions that have misplaced <laughs> apostrophes? You're joking. No, I'm not that. joking. The answer is. He's genuine. If only we had with that, we could have actually scripted this better. I um, can't believe that. Beautiful. He says, will you even answer quest- those questions that have misplaced apostrophes and he's deliberately put an apostrophe in apostrophes? Okay. I feel, no, I'll tell you what. Now See I've, what I did there? Now, now, now I feel honour bound to do so because actually we did promise we would answer all questions. That's true, and we, we did. So start from the beginning. Centaurs. Um, what do uh, they do with their arms when they're running? Well, when they're, what, a canter or a gallop... Um, I like uh, to think they're like a just traditional jogging arms, going back and forth like a jogging arm. Would. Well, it depends, you see. Is it that the torso has evolved separately from the... Uh, I don't know, they seem the very impractically designed. Because if it has, I imagine it would still instinctively do jogging arms, because so that's a kind of balancing movement, but that's a bipedal balancing movement. Or would it have evolved to try and do something useful for the horse configuration from the start? I would imagine that if they'd evolved together, then the arms movement would probably do very little to yeah. help the balance, because they don't need to balance because they're not bipedal. So I think in order to stop them from getting in the way, flailing about, or indeed causing minor air resistance, I think they'll just be put in their pockets. held on their sides, put in their pockets. or put in their horsey pockets. Mm-hmm. There's the answer. There you go. Second question was... Are we going to do anything special for our 50th? Well, we still haven't done anything special for our 40th, hence they're not having been a 40th we, episode. We are going to do something genuinely special yes. for our 40th. Um, it may end up being our 50th, or even uh, our 60th, uh, it, it, if Nick be, doesn't get around to sorting it it'll out. It'll probably be our 40th and our 50th. Could well be. Could we'll be si- we'll, it would be worth being we'll, both. We'll simulcast. I think what's <laughs> we'll simulcast. What? <laughs> we'll simulcast both into the 40th and 50th slot. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. We, I think, you know, bear in mind this is just the two of us sitting in... In a room. In the studio. In the studio, uh, nattering for an hour or mm. 45 minutes. Mm. It's quite impressive that we had John Finnamore on as a guest. It is. I'd like to kind of. Up the bar. Most people haven't heard of John Finnamore in Venice. They've probably heard. They probably heard his material because they yeah, watch Mission yeah. and Web or listen to it. Exactly, but he's not usually in the front of the camera. Exactly. Front of the and so. Microphone. It's still very impressive that we had him as a guest and we yeah. were very pleased that we did. Um, if you haven't listened, it was to the a Johnson Christmas a special. Episode. Christmas special of Cabin Pressure this this coming up yeah. on Radio Four. If you, we weren't invited to its recording, no. If you um, haven't listened to, <laughs> to <laughs> he did promise he would remember before the recording. Well, it probably hasn't been recorded yet. It's October. <laughs> I'd be surprised if it's been recorded. He's you still sh- writing the series. You the schmuck. Um, the <laughs> the uh, Peter Bainham invited us to stop. It could happen. Yeah. 
I don't not think anymore, our though. best friend will. Not anymore. Now he lives in LA, yeah. writing his uh, movies. Anyway, scripts. we have some. We have someone with He's more. He's married now and everything. Good heavens! We have someone with more public prominence. Um, yeah. Who has agreed to appear on Rum Doings? Mm-hmm. Speculate away if you wish. Um, I reckon it's Stephen Fry. Yeah, I wouldn't have him on. Would you not? No, actually, I wouldn't. Why not? You're such a liar. I wouldn't. You'd fall over backward to have him on. No, I really wouldn't. Why not? Because I would feel unable to accuse him with the accusations I'd wish to accuse him, with which I'd wish to accuse him. You just want to c- accuse him of accusations because he's a Jew, don't you? No, because he's a, he's, a, he's a whore. And I would want to accuse him of all his advertising. Oh, did you not? Advertising horniness. And I couldn't because I would genuinely feel worried that he'd flounce off or get depressed. Oh, no, no, it. listen to... Um, I keep going on about Danny Baker, but listen to... I think it was four or five weeks ago, he was on as a guest on Danny Baker's... Probably six or seven now. Show. No, no, I think yeah. four or five. Um, I did the maths. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on as a guest, and he um, he was talking. Danny Baker was talking to him about this, just talking about you know how because he did a joke the week before he came on. He said um, he did this whole routine about how Danny next, Baker did the routine. Yeah, Danny Baker said this thing about how next week we're going to have um, a guy. Um, he used to be very famous in the UK. He used to be very popular in the nineties. Mm. A guy called Stephen Fry. Um, we're hoping that his coming on the show will be part of rejuvenating his career, bringing him back into public prominence. He was just being silly. They had so many texts and emails. We were going, oh, no, no, he does QI now. And I didn't letting him know. Idiots. And so they were telling him about this. And he actually, Stephen Fry very apologetically talked about how he is on far too many things at once and how he's everywhere. Yeah, but he always apologises. Right oh, I'm such a wretched thing. But he still does it. So, yeah. Well, he does this really. I'm saying he would be, I think he's quite conscious of how over, over-present he is at the moment. Mm, overexposed. Spread. Too thin. Like, is he spread too thinly? Like a fryish butter. I haven't, I've bought his new book, but I haven't read I it. I think. Yet. I think his captaincy. Maybe I have of, read it by now. I don't know. I think his captaincy of QI is is is, is not very good. He allows people yeah, to get away with intellectual rubbish, and he just oh, I hate it. He just titters and acts, says some gay jokes sometimes. I can't. And that's I can't cope with the QI. Not because of the reason you can't, because he's gay. I mean, I no homophobic reasons. I don't hate him because he's gay. No, like you do. no, I hate but the way. I hate, I hate the, the way, disorganization of it. No, and the fact that it's anti-intellectual. No, but all, no, I hate the way that all he seems to do, a man of his intellect, is to do sort of camp gay jokes. Right. If you listen, that's all he does. He goes, "Oh, I'd like a penis with that one." I'd like a penis in my bottom. We'll have to edit that out now. Would I? It's rude. <laughs> Would I have to edit that out? Yeah. Okay. Well, you can edit that out next. I wasn't. I was talking about myself, though. It's it's still rude. It was a request, Nick. <laughs> I'm afraid that I'm tired. I've got a headache. Not, <laughs> not, not tonight, John. No. Next question. Next question. Um, oh, we've done that one. So. Uh, Come on, be more competent. <laughs> I always got cross with Adam and Joe when they did this sort of nonsense. Yeah, but it's funny because now the next the next one from is from CS87 again, <sighs> saying rereads last tweet, and it says, "And can you help me with my grammar? I'm ashamed of myself." I can help you with your grammar. I will. Come on, I think we we deserve to give him credit. He spotted his oh. mistake and apologised. Yes, I can help you with your grammar. And I'll be glad to do so. Email podcast at rumdoings.com. Or formspring slash bockydog, B-O-K-I-E. And I will give you a very useful primer, when to use apostrophes, which you will never forget. We should plug our formsprings, because we both are quite prolifically on there. Formspring... You mostly get questions asked questions about me. (laughs) Formspring.me slash bockydog, B-A-O-K-K-I-E-D-O-G, or formspring.me slash bother, if you want to, but you know... Or just Google formspring bother. Or just email podcast at rumdoings.com, that's easier. Next. Uh, Green Eggs and Ham... Green Eggs and Ham... I assume it's a pun on Green Eggs and Ham. Green Eggs and Ham. Says, can you answer this with a no? Next. (laughs) 
Moo is the answer. <laughs> Moo. Moo. Oh dear, it's the same people over and over again. Thornburge says, oh, and did Nick ever find a solution to those young ruffians or their scooters slash motorbikes at the end of his road? Um, they've started to indicate that they might have realised that they were reported and are taunting. Oh yes, various people about it. But we also well, that's nice. But um, we also but we also noticed that the car that they were working on uh, had its windscreen smashed and its tire slashed. So it seems that other residents are dealing with the issue. Oh good. And the, 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 sadly, the car was then taken. The car was then taken away by the council, which I think is what they wanted to do because it ran out of its taxation anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering whether they just did it themselves to get a cheap way of having the car removed, impounded. Anyway, next, next, next question, please. You're very quick to move on. We're going to run out of questions before long before the podcast good. is finished. Next. Well, not nearly as popular as you'd need. No. We've got like two in a row from everyone now. James Clayton says, "Is Israel's requirement of a pledge of allegiance to the Jewish state for non-Jews racist?" If the pledge of allegiance to this country as a Christian state is racist, then I guess so. His follow-up question is, "Would it be racist if Britain required immigrants to pledge an allegiance to the Anglo-Saxon state?" Um, it does. You have to pledge allegiance to Her Majesty the Queen, the head of the mm-hmm. Church of England. I know because I did it. Did you consider it racist? No, if if that's its culture, that's its culture. I don't resent it as long as it behaves properly. I don't mind. Uh, you'd have to, you'd have to consider pretty much every state that uh, that's Christian or Muslim racist as well. Then, and if you're prepared well, to do sure. that, that's fine. Like a, somehow, I think he's singling out one. Rather yes, than, it does feel rather like than the several hundred others. I feel as if he didn't ask about America. No, America. No, John, you're incorrect. America has a very clear distinction between church and state. So there's a reason he doesn't. Oh, I see. You can pledge allegiance to the to American the, state, don't you? you? No, but he's saying it's it's he's saying it's because it mentions a race or a religion in the in the. Although in America, you pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America mm-hmm. and to the republic under which it stands, one God indivisible, which the God was added in fifty. So you do pledge allegiance to God, which is odd because under their constitution, yes, they shouldn't do that. I have a great book about that that I haven't read. But they do. No, but America is almost. It's not quite unique because France is also like that. There are very few countries that do not have some sort of state mandated race or religion yes. the fact that you happen only flambert is this david clayton this is james clayton the fact that james hitler is only focusing on one country <laughs> is not at all suspicious <laughs> next no not in the slightest next uh Dajobat. i know why he's asking that there was a proposal that this be included and there's a lot of controversy about it in Israel because they they do care about these things. Next, who? Uh, he says, um, any questions, and then without grammar, he says, what are Nick's views on the Medal of Honor Taliban naming controversy? Um, I don't see why in a computer game you shouldn't be allowed to play for or against the Taliban. There are plenty of computer games where you can, I assume, play against or for... Can you play Nazis? Yes, you can. What's interesting is, in single... Uh, he thought I didn't know about it, yeah, and I was going to... I was going to flap about. <laughs> Twat. No. What's interesting is, um, with uh, single-player campaigns, no one has done a first-person shooter single-player campaign where you play as the Nazis that I'm aware of. Like, the Call of Duty is the Medal of Honor, so have you play as Americans, British... Uh, Polish. I mean, does it? I ass- uh, but never Germans. Does it? No, I can understand. There's that. games like Blitzkrieg where you play as the Germans. There's does- a lovely sketch in um, uh, in Pe- the Pe- in Peep Show where David Mitchell is playing. Um, I remember that. Yeah. Is playing Blitzkrieg and he says he's trying to find excuses not to do things. He goes, "Got to win the war for the Nazis." I remember that. That's yeah. a lovely line. Do uh, 
I've How? been re-watching Peep Show and what I had no way I hadn't realised watching the first series with Laura and I hadn't realised and the second series as well and how many times he accidentally or deliberately equates himself to the Nazis and Hitler it's yeah. also a running theme I hadn't picked up it on is. watching oh, yeah. it sporadically oh, which is really surprising. lovely uh, can you tell me please in this game mm-hmm. are the Taliban represented as anything other than a bunch of tough fighters no, they, they, are they shown throwing acid in women's faces? And no, so there's forth? not. The game is comp- almost entirely apolitical, which is remarkable. Bearing in mind it's set in the last ten years. Well, that's in a pity. If they actually show oh, the yeah. Taliban doing what the Taliban spend most of their time doing, I would have more respect for it. I reviewed it. it sounds for, opportunistic. I reviewed to me, it for Rock Paper Shotgun, but I wouldn't ban it because I don't ban well, these no. things because I'm lovely. That's too. I reviewed it for Rock Paper Shotgun, and what's, I reviewed. What, what was that? Some website, uh-huh. and I re- I reviewed it as a game, purely as a game, and I didn't review it as a political entity. I talked about very briefly that it's apolitical. There's the mm. the only thing that it has really is that the the U.S. soldiers are very very meticulous in checking that they that before they attack, before you're allowed to start firing, that they are definitely combatants that you're fighting against. Right. They 100 percent you never see a non-combatant in the entire game, right. but it may, they, there's a kind of very heavy-handed point made of how careful they're being. Mm-hmm. There's no... And it's set early in the Afghan, Afghanistan conflict, so it's not... None, none of the more recent atrocities and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, however, a lot of other people have approached it, trying to review it purely, it kind of as a political... as a statement. And they they all make the point that, it, in fact, if anything, it's just it's just very mealy-mouthed and weak and... Well, that's what sounds... nothing a, to say. To, to me, to me far, that sounds... it just once again underlines that games aren't yet, aren't yet sophisticated Well, to me, that to sounds... So it's points. not apocalypse now. No, exactly. To me, it sounds that's how, that's what that's what sounds offensive about it. The mm-hmm. mealy mouth, nothing. Well, it's not. It, it's not. It's that sounds offensive. But you fight Taliban, you fight Al Qaeda, you fight Chechnyans, you fight various different people. They're just in the sprites with different colours. They, they are. They wear you know different costumes and so forth. And you shoot them, and they are. A sh- it's a shooting gallery of a game. They pop up and down behind rocks. The enemy AI is dreadful. It's not a very good game, um, despite all the eight out of tens it received. <sighs> Um, but that, but that's because of corruption. Because all those no, it's not because of corruption. All those people, people have taken on people have peculiar expectations. No, they, no, it's not true. Certainly not with this game. It was the code was sent out. Um, but it, it's it's. I so think, you weren't sent a prostitute with the. With no, the no, it wasn't just a box of just a box of yeah. the game in it. Yeah. Um, they usually have a prostitute in the box. No, I was very angry. You, you, you I was like you, looking in the oh, box, you, looking you, in the oh, envelope. John, you I was like checking the envelope, John, shaking it. John, you didn't throw the box away. The prostitute's still in it. I was a bit concerned. I may have. Oh dear! What a silly old. No wonder De- Dexter was sniffing at the bin. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, it's no. People have just got strange expectations of first-person shooters now, where they don't mind the fact that you're just being dragged along by the game against I your do. own will. I do too. I wish to have some sort of influence upon the game I'm playing. I mean, this is a game where you don't even need footprints in the snow. So determined is the game that you'll have no impact whatsoever on the world. Well, I told you they're just bad movies with uh, pseudo tracks. This one is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's a fun. It's very functional. It's very solid. The firing is actually the guns are great, great fun to fire, and the target practice is a lot of fun in some scenes. But most of the time, you're just being told what to do and dragged along behind it. And you've got these troops with you who have all the fun. They get to shoot everyone first and take all the best cover Sounds positions. Sounds tedious. I, I, I did not enjoy playing it very much. So there you go. Yeah. Next question. Same guy, Dejabat says. Uh, do you ha- also do you have any quaint nicknames for each other? Do we have quaint nicknames for each other, Nick? I don't think we do, really. Do, do you we? have nicknames for between you and your wife? We've asked. You've asked this before. I can't remember the answer. No. No. Laura and I don't either. I don't think we we do. Um, have we she ever? She calls me snot nose sometimes. That's because you you look like because I had a cold. You look like snot. Oh. I think that 
we don't, do we? Have we ever had a nickname for one? I don't think we've ever had a nickname for one. I used to, we sometimes refer to you and your wife as Nictoria. Yeah, but that's... Clearly, because yeah, it yeah, just exactly. works well. Yeah, but... You're I, not especially joined at the hip or anything. Botherer. No, but I've never... No, I don't think anyone's ever called me Botherer in I've real life. I've never called you Botherer. No. I just call you John. Yeah, I call you Nick. I don't call you Nicholas, though. Which... I do... I do uh, well, I don't call you by your proper name. I call you John. It is my proper name. Sometimes, I mean, I... I'm going to scan in my birth certificate. Very rarely do I call you Jonathan properly. You call me Jonathan actually far more often than than anyone else, which is quite annoying. I'm I'm going to scan my decency to use your name. I've got my birth certificate over there on that joint. I can get it for you and show it to you if you want. You can learn the horrible truth. Next question, Jonathan. Uh, Arthur Barnhouse says... Mm Mm-hmm. Why did you and Nick decide to do rum doings? We've talked we've talked about this before. I think we, we said this in episode one. But we can well repeat ourselves. In episode was... one of Rum Doings, we said so. Go back to episode one. No. And when let's see, we'll quickly explain. Nick used to listen to uh, the wrong the Rock Paper Shotgun when they used to, when they used to make it, exist, yes. which I would record with Jim. And that's James Rosignol. James Rosignol. Mm-hmm. Um, and you enjoyed listening to it despite the subject matter, and sometimes in spite of the subject matter. Yes, exactly. And I would become annoyed when you talked too much about games. Mm -hmm. I would like it, I would enjoy it when you went off on a tangent. Yes. And discussed all the other And then we were chatting about this, I went around your house one time and we were chatting Uh, about it. And I used to phone you and say, why did you you stop yourself talking about X? He said, well, because we needed to talk about the game that we were Mm -hmm. talking about. And and this annoyed me because just as you were becoming interesting, you'd get into some tedious exposition about about mouse and keyboard But then we recognised this was true of all the podcasts that we listened to. They were all hindered by... An expectation yeah. of getting back on topic. On topic. Mm. So we thought, let's. So you, said, you invited me around and you told me to bring my laptop and a, micro, and, a, and a microphone. And we thought we would sit and try to record a podcast. And we don't have a name. We, I think we wanted to call it Off Topic at the time. Yeah. But that already exists yeah. as a name on iTunes. Exactly. And, um, then, uh, and then a few minutes into it, I said, Would you like a drink? Yes, that's right. We paused it. And we gave you some Napoleon. Mandarin Napoleon yes, which of right. course is not rum Delicious so, so we decided well. to call it rum doing. <laughs> we called it rum based on that basis and that was doing. the only time we've ever paused the recording yes I and all so. other times we've we've pressed record and continued to the end even the um, the uh, episode 10 special yes we, we, we which is scared. crazy people don't realise that, that that was all the effects were added later but but the whole thing is recorded in one take live, so yes. I think you just need to bow down immediately. <laughs> exactly, just live prostrate in front of this recording. Yes, immediately. <laughs> immediately. Okay, that's fine. I can't imagine anyone doesn't listen to this kneel, knelt down or is lying <laughs> yes. face, face hands, first, hands, arms hands together in supplication. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Eating a wafer. That's how we should begin. Hands together, close your eyes. Yes. It's time for rumbling. On your knees. <laughs> Yes, and, and so that's why we decided to do one, and then we recorded that. Did we just do one in one, and we did try to do two in a row? What did we do? No, well, no, it was just that one. Just that one, we, and we put it out there, and yeah, and then we did, did another. And I think about time. fifty people listened to it. Yeah, something like that, yeah. and some some people liked it, so we tried to do. It How again. did we build? Was it just plugging it on Rock Paper Shotgun podcast that got us listeners? How did we first promote it? I think you just was put it, it on just word, or was it word word of mouth? I think. I think you said just what the world needs another podcast. <laughs> My my blog is not the because I'm poor at updating it doesn't have the hugest number of readers. No, you are. You used to be good, but now you're rubbish. There's a few hundred people come through every day. I think. So. Yeah, I think it grew by a tree. I think people that were the few people would tell their friends. And their friends yeah, it's so. a word of mouth sort of thing. And, and Twitter was really helpful when people bothered to retweet. People it. don't bother doing that anymore. Podcasts are rubbish. I come all at Twitter. At Twitter, that's <laughs> a very <laughs> bo- boring um, tag. At Rum Doings, apparently. Apparently. I th- so follow at Rum Doings and maybe we'll do something on it. I think so. And uh, the 
I forgot. No, yes, people think people think to themselves they have. Uh, I've only got nineteen followers. What's the point in my retweeting it? Well, because that's nineteen people who probably otherwise wouldn't have heard of yeah, it. Yeah, and maybe and one they'll of them retweet will it and so on. And exactly. So on. Yeah, they don't know the network effect. Idiots. Exactly. Ghost to ghost calls, as it was called in the Three Investigators books by Alf, by air quotes Alfred Hitchcock. Right. Yes. It's ghost to ghost calls. Yeah. That's how fatty I think his name was something like that was spread information. Mm-hmm. Um, someone called Trellism. Does that ring any bells? No. No. Okay. Um, is his grammar any good? Is his grammar any good? <laughs> Mrs. Maylor's grammar. Mm. Uh, remember that you have two new mummies to congratulate. My sister and my cousin. Nick may be feeling avuncular. We, but we did congratulate them. That's right. That happened. What's she talking some, about? Some, uh, about two episodes ago. No, what? Look out. Remember to Yes. <laughs> well, shall we congratulate them again, just in case anyone... Go for it, please do. I would like to re-congratulate, because I've been asked to do it again by somebody who's forgotten, um, <laughs> Charlotte, who has most recently had her little baby, Yep. who is Victoria's cousin, mm-hmm. and I would also like to con- give a belated, and it's even more belated now, but we've already done it, congratulations <laughs> to Alice and Rob yeah. for the birth of their little baby called William. William, who is about, uh, who is, you know, only six or seven weeks old now, and has already outgrown his naught to six month baby grow. My goodness, that's his legs are very long. Yeah. Good lord! So that's he's going to that's be a long a, baby. He's going to be a problem. He's going to be a problem. He's going to be a problem for doors. <laughs> yes, very soon. <laughs> Anyway, there we are. I want someone to propose via rum doings. I want someone to write in and say, I want you to propose to you. But you haven't read all the questions yet. That's true. It could well be coming up. Come on, then. Richard Beer says... uh, Beer as in the drink we all love. Yes, that's right. Rum doings, is a two-state solution still possible in the Middle East, or has illegal Israeli settlement destroyed it de facto? Well, I love it when people can ask a question without any bias. I think I think that a two-state solution is possible. However, I think that um, the, you seem to be suggesting that I, the second state needs to be Judenrein. With, <laughs> uh, um, I'm not sure what that has to do about you know <laughs> about uh, about making it uh, pure or otherwise. Um, I would I would suggest that there are bigger problems than a few nutters who want to live in farms. Um, that's being used as the latest excuse. Yeah. But um, I think you'll find that other excuses, they might, other excuses might be available should that one be dealt yeah. with. Robert Fisk listens to our podcast an awful lot of times, doesn't he? Well, I do. I do wonder whether people actually really think that because there's a handful of nutters living on uh, yeah. living in all of, all of the border. If only they weren't there, they would be at a peace. Hamas, right. Hamas would say, "You know what? Our charter that calls Jews flying pigs and says we well, you know, need to kill all them." It's just because of these few people living. <laughs> That's right. know, if we if only get rid of them, everything would be fine. Are there people who really believe it? What's this person's tag? This is Richard Beer. Does Richard Beer really believe that? Are people that naive? Maybe they are. Okay. I, mean, I would have thought people were just in, in, in asking a question in a podcast of which one of the people no, presenting no, is yeah. Jewish. I don't know. Would at least try to hide their anti-Zionism. Surely, no, you're like, allowed make to make a vain effort. No, to, you're to allowed be to, polite. You are, about it. you're allowed to be as anti-Zionist as you wish, but don't expect me to wonder at your exceptionalism or not no. to wonder at it, because frankly. You know, I don't hear any questions about Burma coming through. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Indonesia never seems to get brought up no, by anyone as uh, it ethnic cleanses out the Christians. No, no, I've not heard no of that. No one ever brings it up. No, anyway, I, I'm very happy to deal with 
by category of enormity. Yes, that's right. And then when we're at about number forty-two or something, we'll deal with <laughs> we'll deal with that one. Shall we, shall we let's do these do, do it in order? Okay. Okay. Next reasonable. question. Uh, Justin Lego mm-hmm. says, um, "What's your preferred parcel insulating method?" <laughs> that's a much better question. That's probably. bubble wrap, polystyrene chips, etc. Layers of cheap brown tape. Most of the time, I don't insulate parcels. I think that it's a total overkill to insulate most parcels, unless you're sending bone china in the post, in which case it doesn't matter how much you've insulated, it'll be broken anyway. Mm-hmm. So, if you need to insulate it, you will, you've got a problem already that the insulation probably won't solve. I would just usually probably try and keep it from moving, so I would wrap it in lots of things, maybe a dirty old T-shirt. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, a friend of mine was teaching me how to change the oil filter on my car. You're very proud of that. You've told me that three times. It's very exciting. I've not said it on the bum bum doings, though. Because now you're a man. I'm now a man. Things have it? descended as, as, soon right. as, as soon as you change the oil. <laughs> as, I, as I twisted the, the first oil filter off, there was one plop. One onomatopoeia. Then the other onomatopoeia fell down. Yes. <laughs> It was a beautiful moment. Yeah. But anyway, so as I was doing this, he handed me a rag to dry my hands of the oil spilling out. Oh, the oil. I, the I took the lug nut off, Nick, like you do when you change your oil. Oh, yeah. Like, like I know how to big do. Big lug. And I took it off, and all the oil pulled out. And I got some on my hands, obviously, because I was removing the nut, and so that happens. Because hmm. as us men who know how to change oil in cars know, that yeah. will happen. Yeah. You get oil on your hands. Yeah, you and do. so he handed me a rag to rub the oil off that I got on my hands when changing my oil filter to my car. Yes. And um, I rubbed it off, blah, blah, blah. And I looked down at what I was holding, and I unfilled it, and it was a pair of Y-fronts. And I said, these are pants! And my friend James looked at me and said, they're my pants. Oh, were they big pants? They were just normal. He's a, he's a thin man. They were oh, right, so they weren't pants. huge pants. They weren't comedy-sized pants. Were, no. they, were they clean pants? They were not clean pants because they were covered in oil. Had they been clean pants? I imagine he'd probably given them a wash before he relegated them to rag status. <laughs> right. But it's still a little bit uncomfortable rubbing your hands on someone else's What's that got to do with package material? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> package material, I see. <laughs> I wish it were. Yeah. But it's not. Oh, right. Well, that okay. <laughs> if only I'd been so clever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, you have to answer this question, though. I've answered this question. What oh, about you? What's this question? What's your preferred method of... Uh, Insulating packages. Um, when you send a package... I don't think it? I've ever done that. I think what I prefer to do is get a big polystyrene block and then cut the exact shape of the object <laughs> and wedge it in there because then it could never rattle around. Right, that's what you have done. That's um, what I will do. Next time you send... You've never sent a package. Your mum sends all your packages. That's what I go. I drive to Guildford and get my mum to do it. No, I've sent plenty of stuff in there, but I sent to send a parcel only yesterday, Nick, but it was just a video game, so I just put it in a package. With a paddy package. Yeah. Racist. <laughs> I hate those packages. Next. I think they should all go back to where they came from, to Pacagina. Next. Um, Justin Lee goes back. Oh, no, I just asked that one. Oh, this one's from someone called Curly Laura Cart. Really? Yeah. I've never heard of it. No. She asks, how's Nick? Feeling a bit tired, uh-huh. thanks. I, uh, Judith at the moment is a bit wakeful at night. I think she is beginning some sort of teething. But also she is, um, she's finally, she's starting to crawl backwards a bit. And she's, oh, yeah. she's learned how to clap, which she finds very pleasing. And I think all these mental activities are causing her to be a bit wakeful. Right. Which is causing you to be a bit wakeful. Yeah. So we, how did it feel having the question come back at you there? I think I dealt with it with a grace that neither you nor she ever do. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Yeah. Justin Lego asks again, by the way, he says, thanks for the cream tea tip. <laughs> I've never put a tip in any cream he tea. Con- he continues. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
It must be. It must have been yours, John. You should have been able to tell the difference. Pretty sure that one of their summer fruit cake. Summer fruit cakes. Oh, I know. Had rum in it. Can you verify? I don't know what he's talking about now. He's not talking about using cream tea for those reasons. No. I recommended him a cream. He was visiting Bath, and he needed desperately. And he, he needed. I think he had someone with him who who, who had, to, had to have a cream tea very quickly. Right. Um, and I asked. He asked for recommendations, and I recommended him a, fan, a cream tea shop in Bradford on Avon, mm-hmm. which has uh, one best cream teas in the universe every year for the last four hundred and fifty thousand. Is that years. the one we visited? Yes, that's right. Oh. Yes. The one where we were, we were waited upon by a guy by, by one, one of my youth groups. One of your youth. Waited upon us. Youth. Not a youth anymore. She, she, she's all grown up. She wasn't. She wasn't prepared to see you in any other circumstance than when she knew you had a cream tea in front of you. <laughs> well, that's what happened. That's not fair. Is what happened anyway. It is the circumstance. It's not <laughs> the prepared things too. Mm. But anyway, um, yes, yeah, so we went there and obviously had a nice time. And then one of their summer fruit cakes had rum in it. Apparently, I think we should go back to find out. Should we go there now? It was a very nice. Right now, yeah. it was a very nice place to go. I recommend it. it. It's um, opposite the car park by the library in Bradford. Yes, Haven. yes, indeed. We went. Everyone should go there. We all went there. Everyone went there. Mm. We're running out of questions, Nick, but fortunately we've only got ten minutes left. So. Okay. Answer these nice and slowly. Okay. <laughs> Andrew underscore McNeil says, mm. how do you feel about premarital sex? Um, it's very nice of him to offer. <laughs> um, fine. It's all right. I think it's better to. You think every you think you'll be cast into the deepest pit of Hades <laughs> if you if you touch a lady's moo moo or if she touches your winky. <laughs> That's true though, isn't it? It's true. No, it's not true. You don't think people should hit home runs until they've got a ticket to the park? Really, you have to admit that. The there's no biblical model to say there's anything wrong with premarital sex because in the times when it was written, uh, certainly in the New Testament, people girls got married at the age of thirteen, so premarital sex required cream teas. Yes. Um, so it's not an issue. The Bible. Well, no, it didn't require cream teas. It required a lack of cream teas. Abstaining yes. from cream exactly. teas. Exactly. Um, it was. A, Subsequently, a we have discovered dairy and proper baking, and so we are able to avoid that. Mm-hmm. So the Bible has nothing to say on this. Um, it talks about sex outside of marriage. To be fair, it was sometimes twelve. Yes, that's true. Mm. Well, Mary, when she had Jesus, would have been thirteen to fourteen. Yeah. Um, which is always a bit of a surprise for some people, I think. Yeah. Um, also, the, the disciples were teenagers. Takes a lot of people by surprise as well. Takes me by surprise because I see them as old men with beards. Yeah, exactly. It's because I wonder why you see them. Well, it makes sense of some of their petulance. Some of them would have been in their twenties. They were quite petulant. Some of them, and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You now see them as sort of yeah. well, petulant, the, the, the tax, petulant young men. Those that were tax collectors and so on and, and so on would have been in their early twenties. But the fishermen and all that lot, the, your, your main men, would have been 70, 16, 17, 18 mm-hmm. years old because they would have been just taking on. They would have been. That's why they're so interesting as, as people for Jesus to have chosen to be his companions because they his clown posse his clown posse that they would um they would have people people who had not been uh liturgically qualified to be a disciple mm. so they would have been abandoned what have you done to your ear okay oh, i see um it, it, people who would be um re- they wouldn't be studying under a rabbi so they would have been they would have been, they would have failed school basically so they would have gone into their father's trade so that's mm. why they were fishermen they would have been fishing with their fathers and they were the people to and they couldn't afford the they couldn't afford the couldn't afford to go to Jewish fifth grade university no so yeah so the, anyway so the, there's not really anything and I think it's much better to have sex than to get married in order to have sex and then get divorced well that's the problem um, a lot of the Bible Belt states where people do yeah. that the incidences of divorce is much higher much much higher and and um, obviously, I 
I do, I'm old fashioned enough to think that if you're in a relationship that produces children, it behoves you to think very carefully before you have them, and when you do have them, you have a responsibility and you don't just run away at the, at the nearest whim. So, in as much as sex leads to that, um, I get a bit more old fashioned than if you just, you just do it as a form of exercise or amusement. <laughs> exercise. Have a little calorie wrist counter on your arm. Oh, no, that's not sex, Tom. That's uh, the, <laughs> sin, the sin of Onan. No, no, that, that's that's sex, right? No, that's sex wrong. Oh, dear. You're I'm all confused now. Yeah, yeah, oh, dear. Andrew McNeil also asks, is following a professional sports team silly? What does he mean by following? I presume he doesn't mean stalking. No, okay. Being interested in their results, watching them at matches... Um, having some emotional investment in their success or otherwise. It's no more silly than any other social thing that humans do, is it? I don't think so. I think... I, I... We, we we all like social interaction and we all like to be a little bit tribal. I th- and I think... It, yeah, and and it seems to be a fairly, a fairly safe way to do it. I mean, okay, there's hooliganism and so on, but I prefer that to being a marauding gang of murderers, really. Perhaps. Like, I mean, you like your baseball. I, I like baseball, and I follow um, the uh, adventures of the Chicago White Sox and the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah. The Philadelphia um, Thingies. Yeah. The Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah. And That's so, an unimaginative name. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's like a hundred something years old, so you have to go yeah. a long way back to find the person responsible. Yeah. However, the, since I've been following the Phillies for the last three years, I've been following them. Three years ago, they won the World Series. Last year, they came, they got into the World Series, and and and, and were obviously the runners up. They came, they and saw. This year, they've conquered. just got through the divisional leagues, and they're just about to the uh, National League play. Oh, actually, by the time this goes out, they'll have won or lost the World Series. But at the time of recording, they've um, they've just they're about to on Saturday. They're going to go into the division, the league, the division, the. Northern <laughs> the League of Gentlemen. Oh, my brain just stopped. I had too much of that delicious gloop. <laughs> gloop. You just have too much of that, that on the national mm-hmm. um, um, uh, National, the national playoffs anyway, and then they're going to inevitably the Yankees are going to win the American League, and they'll play the Yankees in the final again, and probably lose. Right. Let's see if I was right. Thanks for yawning. No, you say it was I boring? Was I boring you? <laughs> Actually, you genuinely were. <laughs> so yes. Um, but the, the reason I follow them is because if I didn't, I would have no investment in the game, and it would be a lot less fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. So you have if to you watch it, if I watch a game between two teams I don't care about, then it doesn't really matter. Exactly, it's the, the same on anything. If you're watching a game show on television, yeah, you pick it. They're all hateful. You will pick some reason why you want somebody you pick to the lose least or hateful contestant. Why you? Or usually, it's why you want the others to lose, kind of thing. Yes. I hope they lose. I hope <laughs> they lose. And I hope they lose. We all that leaves that one, which I suppose I therefore have to hope win. Yeah, and of course, when you're watching something good like Top Chef or one of these a decent. Actually, going back to that earlier question about yeah. the, uh, the two-state solution and the racist and all that, uh, I, I heard a joke the other day, and um, the um, the head of the United Nations said, you know, what we should do is we should start a football team which has a representative of every nation in it. Has yes. Every nation should come together as a football team in the, in, in, in the call of peace and brotherhood. And mm-hmm. his deputy said... Uh, but, but, but who will we play? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, Israel, of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good joke. Do we have any further questions? You we have. Oh, right. Um, Chester says... Um, Cheshire. Chester. Cheshire. Chester. He shoots himself in the foot a bit here. But he says, what's the largest prime number Nick can figure out in his head? And then he adds, I will be very disappointed if it is less than three digits. 
fewer than three digits. So, you know, he's already got the you know, maths question. You might want to get that right. You should also know that whatever prime number I can work out of my head, I can immediately add to and then create a new one. So, so come what's the largest prime number you can, create, you can, you can figure out in your head? I, I don't like factorising, <laughs> frankly. I really don't like... Yeah, well, uh, I assume that uh, 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 one two seven sounds like a prime number, doesn't it? It sounds like it'd be divisible. I don't know. I the mean, reason I say one two seven, it's 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 the number used for localhost. One two seven dot 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 is a localhost IP address. I'm sure there's a higher one, but one two seven just sounds primish to me. What can we divide one two seven by? I'm wondering. No, it wouldn't be a three. Wouldn't work. Um, a seven. Okay, this is good, good radio. Yeah, I mean it's three digits, and it's not a very big three digits, but it's a significant number. I'm not sure you can. Oh. One two seven sounds primish to me. It does. It is. It's all spiky. You can't fit anything into it, can you? <laughs> One second. You're gonna find Carry out. Carry on talking, John. Um. Okay. What shall I talk about, Nick? Carry on talking. I don't know what to say. I'm scared. I'm all my own. I'm frightened. Okay. I should. Talk, I should narrate what Nick's doing. He's clearly cheating. I'm just saying prime number calculator. I'm seeing whether just to, to calculate whether one two seven is a prime number. I'll get it to factorise it. Can you calculate one two seven? Is it prime? Let's see. I bet thirteen goes into it or something. Is prime? Hey! I didn't really know that it was, but something in me just made me think it is there prime. There you go. So it's pretty you, cool, you, isn't it? Cheshta. In the scale of cool, I don't know if it counts as cool. Yes, it is cool. Is it cool? Is this cool? Yes. So that's a large prime number. Can you can't go to prime number in your head big enough to uh, prevent um, pirate c- f- uh, credit card fraud? Yes, one two seven. You might want to multiply your primes there. Yeah, exactly. We have one final question that's come through in the time since we asked. Probably didn't leave long enough to ask questions, but there we go. This is from Hungry Hungry Pirate. Number a uh, hungry pirate eight two four. Hungry pirate eight two four. No, just hungry pirate. Mm-hmm. He says a question for the podcast. Everyone's something. They've all been doing this. Putting this in front in case I've forgotten. Um, what is your favourite slash most hated film? I'd like to answer your, answer that question literally, please. What is your favourite most hated film? My favourite most hated film is Independence Day. <laughs> is it? My least favourite most hated film is Evolution. You really hated Evolution. I've never. I didn't see it at your behest. Yeah. Um, not the Truman Show. You hate Evolution more than the Truman Show. The Truman Show. It doesn't even deserve hatred. <laughs> I like the Truman Show. I don't know if it's just because I fancy Natasha McKeelone though. No, I think it's because you fancy Jim Carrey. I don't really fancy Jim Carrey. You do. You like his big teeth. Do you like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Pretentious nonsense. It's not pretentious nonsense. It is. It is pretentious. Can't nonsense. believe you'd write off a Charlie Kaufman film as well, pretentious nonsense. Well, I've written it off as pretentious nonsense. It, it doesn't do anything for me. Really? Yeah. I'm genuinely surprised. It's great. No, it's not that great. I don't remember any of it, really. That's ironic. No, if you remember any know, of it, you'd know, know why. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I remember enough to know. And it's not ironic at all. It's apposite. Yes. Exactly. There's no irony implicit in that. What about you? Um... Oh, I don't know. I don't like hated films. What are your two most... So why do you like Independence Day? It's awful. I don't like it. I, he asked... Well, read the question again. Okay, so that's your most favourite hated film. That's my most favourite hated... If, of, of all my hated films... Yes, oh, okay. That's the most... If I have to choose. Yes. Oh, I can tell you. Uh, Batman and Robin. 
Oh yes, you yes, mentioned that before. Yes, you, you saw yes, that. At, you saw scope. that at a cinema. I did. We, we talked about that, but I would say that would be my most favourite hated film. And your least favourite hated film? <laughs> least favourite hated film. Um, certainly, my least favourite film. Certainly not hated. Was a documentary called Man of Aaron. It was. It's claimed to be the first documentary ever made. Oh yes. It's giving me the grin that I've talked about this before, grin. You've talked about it to me whilst we've been on a walk, but not oh, to okay. the podcast. Um, yeah. About the Isle of, I remember that, and it's a uh, look at the heart of your eye. That yes. all done by actors. And it was all well. They were no, they were the real people, but they were acting. And then the film's climax is they're going out to catch a whale or something or a shark, and then they don't catch one, and then it ends. And it was just horrible. And apparently they never went out to do that anyway. The, and all, the director just thought it would be a lark. To yeah, the that whole they, thing is fake, and the and the all the all the sound is put on in afterwards, so the, the lip syncing doesn't match up, and it's just <laughs> it was. We were made to watch it during a lecture, and it was just to show how amazing dire. it was. And the argument I had with the lecturer about it went on from the seminar into the car park. Because the lecturer was hero-worshipping it. He was, very much so. As people do with crappy old black-and-white comedies, which are clearly terrible, they have to pretend, oh, no, but look at the genius, look at Buster Keaton, look, he falls over and he gets up again, (laughs) he falls over. Nobody could ever do that today. It's such wonderful, wonderful (laughs) slapstick. No, it's just crude dreck. But you must like some black-and-white comedy. Yeah, it's okay, but most most modern stuff... Where are you on the Marx Brothers? I won't comment too vociferously because Neil Levine does love them, but mm-hmm. I think for their time they were probably very good, and I'm sure there are still aspects of them that are good. What do you think about Laurel and Hardy? There, there's no no modern defence. No, I don't think so. No, we are we we produce much better comedy now, more of sophisticated and better in every respect. There is some no, well, I, I the most the most terrible sort of Farley Brothers, yeah, Rosar film is more sophisticated than Laurel and Hardy. But then I would argue there's some fantastic like uh, films like um, The Shop Around the Corner or, uh, you know, that, that kind of era of... The Shop Around a Corner is a place you buy things from. It's not a That's... film. <laughs> it is a film. It stars... <laughs> no, um... no, he's, he really exists, that man, and he, he's drunk. <laughs> no. We bought, a, we bought a flake from him earlier. No, it's a film. Oh, right. And Dexter yes. came into the film. He did. Dexter... Oh, no, he didn't. He's not allowed he's into not the allowed film. He's not allowed into the film. He has to walk along to the film. Mm. No, it's Shop Around the Corner. It's the film on which... Um, You've Got Mail was based. It was a remake of. Um, oh, that starred, was bad. I know. I haven't seen. I haven't seen You've Got Mail, but I have was seen that the original. Was Tom Hanks and Megan Meg Ryan or someone or something like that? Ooh, Tom Hanks. Tom Ooh, Hanks. He's very big. Of course, was great. Yeah, and that's the only thing he's done that was good. No, Philadelphia was quite good. No, whiny. It was whiny, but it's quite Ooh, good. Look whiny. at AIDS. Whiny. <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting when you look at that film now, as it's it's now become a historical document because, of course, one lives with AIDS. Yeah, don't worry. Well, yeah. HIV. Yeah, AIDS. Like, like one doesn't live with AIDS like, very well, but just, HIV. It's just like having hay fever. Yeah, <laughs> it's not quite like that, but it is extraordinary. I mean, we are a remarkable species that this this disease that was a death sentence is now. Um, manageable is extraordinary through the joys of homeopathy no yeah that's right what's the name of the actor who I can't remember the name of he's in lots of Hitchcock films he's in It's a Wonderful Life I've completely blanked on his name uh, oh yes now you've blanked me no, as well with your rays <laughs> oh no. how I trying to remember this is going to make for great radio yeah well let's not no I'm going to remember it before this ends okay but think Jim James Jimmy Jimmy Stewart Jimmy Stewart James Stewart James Stewart not James Cagney no James Stewart um, he was he's in Shop Around the Corner he's very very funny in it it's a very funny film indeed well you do have a penchant for certain old films you like the old Busby Bart musicals and I so. do I really do like them I like yes. um, Singing in the Rain Singing in the Rain is, I, which I only watched for the first time a year ago because it's just a film you don't bother watching no because you it's going to be it. all tired and rubbish and it's superb it's a really funny great well made yeah. film mm. 
Um, uh, an American in Paris is spectacular. They well, invented yes. an Oscar just so they could give it an Oscar. Yeah, okay, that's that's also because of Gershwin. Gershwin. Oh, no, but no, it's not. It's the ten-minute uh, ballet at the end, directed, uh, choreographed by Gene Kelly, mm. that that won the Oscar. And yes, Gershwin's music is beautiful all the way through. But the, mm. the ballet at the end is absolutely extraordinary. So French impressionist paintings come to life. It's such an imaginative mm. idea. Mm. Um, yes, these are all kind of of the more colourful era, though, than black and white. Yeah. Oh, you know, I mentioned synthesizers last time. Mm-hmm. I've got to tell you something that's really disgusting. Yep. Um, on some highly priced Broadway musicals these days, even on the Broadway musicals, you know, yeah. proper ones, like West Side Story, mm-hmm. they're replacing oh, live no. audiences with little MIDI sequences. Oh, no. And I think people don't can't tell the difference, don't care. I dare that say that maybe... You said live audiences, you mean live orchestras. Yeah, sorry, they're, yes. you know, they're repla- I hope they're replacing live audiences. <laughs> with people who don't clips. turn up as well. That'd be much better. <laughs> <laughs> it's a MIDI thing Yes. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I think that's MIDI, might even be MIDI sequence 127, and then the general <laughs> MIDI patch that maybe it isn't, I'll have to look that up. There is an applause. But You love the number 127. But I thought it was 129, sorry. No, 127. Was it 127? It was 127, yes. that's right, sorry. I would. I don't you think that's awful? Oh, yeah. I mean, that really is it's unpleasant. And I, I think I once saw a play where they had some music and they were supplemented by a little sample keyboard, and it just sounds so dead and unpleasant. And I think, well, why bother? Make a film then. Don't bother even putting on a play if you're going to be that mm-hmm. deadening and dull. I think they're a pig. <laughs> you think they're a flying pig? Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, see if a final question came in. Otherwise, we'll see no, I just checked. It's we've gone over fifty minutes, and I still haven't talked about the Capalert project. We'll do that next time. I really want. To, we won't because we'll never remember next we'll time. Remember. It'll be in like a hundred million years. We'll, and we'll do forget. Bye bye, loves. <laughs> That's really sweet. Podcast at rumdoings dot com. Uh, at rumdoings, follow that. Um, Botherer dot org slash blog. slash blog. Leave comments, or we'll hate you. Retweet us. Retweet um, etc. Should we put a flatter up on our no. what I'm doing so we make money out no, of it? No, we mustn't make money out of it. And this. then, why not? Why must I lose so much? Why must, but how much money How much money are you going to spend on petrol to do today? I dread to think. And how much did it cost me around... If I get the tickets cheaply, and it's unlikely, I can get it for around £30 just to get to you, just to record an episode. Just £30 an episode? 30, well, it's not quite, is it? But, it's, and the, but then it is probably by the time you guys are adding in buying food and mm. then all the bites and bobs. Yeah, it's a fortune. I bought a new netbook just just for this podcast. The only reason I bought it. But the other net, yeah, the other netbook just wasn't recording audio at all. It was broken. The screen couldn't even see the screen. It was purple. It was very purple. Purple is a royal colour. That's true. <laughs> I think we should stop at that point because we're just talking rubbish. Well, no, I said purple is a royal colour. That's perfectly true. That is true. I think people should sponsor us t- our train tickets. People should buy us train tickets. You're being you're 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 becoming vulgar now. Soon you'll be like Stephen Fry. <laughs> I want just want and advertising to... bad tea with your. <laughs> that's what I plan. That's what I want. W- with your and if anyone wants wife. us to advertise things on the podcast, we'll do it really subtly. <laughs> yes, we'll 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 do it as subtly. This week we're as drinking. Santander is this week we're drinking Coca Cola. <laughs> this is an interesting new drink. Mm, it's delicious. Do you know, Nick? I much prefer this to Pepsi or wine. <laughs> I do. Father <laughs> of Coca Cola to wine. Come on then, sponsor us Coke, you know you can. Yeah, they're bound to be listening. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Bye bye.